Welcome to another episode of We Don't Die. I'm your host, Sandra Champlain, author of the best-selling book called We Don't Die, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. And I want to extend a special invitation. This September 2017, I will be one of the speakers at the Afterlife Research and Education Symposium. It's being held September 15th through 17th at the Embassy Suites in Scottsdale, Arizona, USA. And the cutting-edge experts of what's going on in the world of afterlife communication, afterlife research, will all be there. It's really a fantastic place to be. And if you would like to find out more, to register, or even, yeah, maybe you live a little too far away to make the trip, I invite you to go to afterlifestudies.org to find out more. Okay, so our guest today on the show is coming to us from the UK. His name is Darren Britton. Darren has been helping the bereaved by demonstrating mediumship in public and private since the age of 17. His reputation for delivering names, dates, street names, and personal information has earned him the reputation as a medium of very high quality. He holds workshops and is a teacher of mediumship. Darren has a great CD available, also available online as a download called The Light Within. He is a loving, compassionate, and humorous man. And I have this sneaky suspicion that this is the perfect episode for us all today. Darren's website is darrenbritton.co.uk. Darren Britton, welcome to We Don't Die Radio. Thank you, Sandra. How are you? Oh, I'm fantastic. I'm in a great wonderful, mood. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. <laughs> and thank you for inviting me to speak to your listeners. Yeah, we have a mutual friend, Carol, also known as Kaz Dukes, who recommended. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she's great. She really yeah. is. She says you are as well. So I do know I like like-minded people. I like people on this show that are out to make a difference and serve others and, and give us all the faith and belief that our loved ones are still around and that we don't die so yeah absolutely absolutely and you know and it's one thing death is one thing that touches everybody you yeah, know in, sure in various does. ways at various times and you know and i think it's, it's a complex set of emotions which we struggle to navigate at many many times and i think mediumship can have a, a therapeutic benefit to to people if it's tapped into at the right stage in their grief yeah, I agree. And nobody's going to escape life, obviously. <laughs> nobody's going to escape no. it anyways. But it, there comes a point, and I know the older I got, that you know, death started hitting me close. A grandmother, then my own dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And we'll all grieve. And if we can give someone tools and also some great evidence that our, our life uh, doesn't end, you know, it's one of the best gifts, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. How, how does your story start, Darren? Did you start off being someone who was interested in these kind of things, or um, tell us a little really bit about you? Not at all. I mean, no? it was kind of an interesting one because when you speak to most mediums, they they talk very candidly about having spirit visitations and seeing things as a child, and right. you know, playing with spirit children. And I really, honestly, never had any of that. And I've asked my parents many times about you know my childhood, and really, I was kind of a miserable kid. I, I was very <laughs> antisocial. Really, I was. And and until the age of about fourteen was very private, very insular, not particularly confident, very socially awkward, and and struggled really to probably find friends in this world, let alone in the spirit world. So I was kind of a very, you know, strange child in that respect. Um, but no, I had no um, experience of the spirit world, no desire to explore it. I was not, you know, interested in that side of life at all, really. Um, and then I became very unwell with migraine headaches, and the headaches became quite disabling, and they left me after a series of months, they left me with this ability to see lights around people. 
Now, during the, the migraine attacks, for those of you that have had them, would know that sometimes they have visual disturbances and they have flashing lights and auras. And, and ironically, what I realized later on is that the lights that I was seeing around people were, in fact, the auras of the people, not a migraine aura, but oh. the aura of, of the human body. So I was, I was 14 at this stage and, and you know, for the, for the three years past that point, I would sit in class at school, usually when I was watching, you know, in maths, because I hated mathematics, I was never very good at it. And I think partly my, my mind wandered quite a lot in that class. So, but what I noticed is that when I was sat watching people, the aura became more prominent, not more noticeable. And so I would sit and watch this shifting, moving energy around people and really, honestly, just thinking it was some kind of after effects of the migraine headaches. But I'd noticed after a period of time, I was able to identify that certain colours represented certain things. And after a period of time, I started to focus more on the feeling of the colours, the feeling of the energy, I guess. Um, and it started to give me an insight into the person. So that's really how it started for me. Uh, and that led me then into looking into, you know, through books, through education, what I was experiencing. Um, and a lot of the books talked about spiritualism. They talked about mediumship. They talked about auras. And, you know, even back then as a, as a 17 year old boy, I was never really um, one for believing in anything unless I'd experienced it. Sure. And, and there was a spiritualist church that was very, very close to where I lived. And it was very typically a very dark, rundown, spooky looking building. Um, and I decided I needed to go. And that's really what started my progression into the spiritualist world. And once you found it, of course, spiritualism, uh, some people don't know what spiritualism is. Do you mind just giving us a picture of what mm, sure. the service at a spiritualist church would be like? Yeah, I mean, there are various services. The service that I attended the very first time was what's called an open circle, which I've since realized is a circle where people can go who have the potential to develop their awareness. And they sit in a in a circle that's open to the public and developing mediums, fledglings, I guess, are given the opportunity to deliver what they see and feel and hear to to the other people in the group. So that that was the, the, the group that I attended, not realizing what the group was at that time. Um, but there are other services. There is a divine service where usually one medium or two mediums will stand on a platform and deliver a spiritual address, inspirational speaking, and then followed by communication with the spirit world. So, so my first service that I went into was the open circle. And I honestly thought these people were crazy. Mm -hmm. I honestly thought they were talking to people that nobody else could see with very generalized, I thought, information that really could apply to anybody. Right. Um, so, you know, I really wasn't that excited about what I'd witnessed in the first 10, 15 minutes. Um, and the lady that was the, the kind of dominant medium, I guess, decided to come and deliver to me a message. And she said, oh, you're you're um, you're you're going to be doing this work. And I said, really? OK, well, I, I thought she was recruiting. I thought she was just looking for some fresh meat to yeah, to kind of hook into. Right. Um, and she said, you see lights around people, don't you? Now, I hadn't told a soul, you know, my mum knew, my dad knew, but people in that room didn't know that part of my world. And so for a stranger to come up with something so specific was quite astounding to mm -hmm. me. And, and again, it made it real to me then. Uh, until that point, I really was questioning everything about the, the evening and the people that were there. But she said, you see lights around people. And, and I confirmed I did. And she said, within a year, you'll do this work. 
and and that was really it and then towards the end of the evening i started listening to what the medium was saying to two women opposite me and as she was talking i'd started to see pictures really clearly my eyes were open but i was seeing pictures um and the very first picture was half a lady's face very clearly could describe that lady and even now just talking to you i can bring that image to mind it was so specific and so so clear um and then that image went and then it was replaced by the image of a of a ship's anchor on a man's left arm a tattoo and then that image went and then i was left with this overwhelming feeling really of emotion and sadness and then that feeling went so i'm confused i i didn't know what was happening you know i, I really didn't know what was happening um and I'd spoken to this medium and she said, well, you need to speak to the ladies. So I did. I went over at the end of it. And I'm a socially awkward 17 year old boy. Remember, I don't talk to people. This, right, is, not, right, right. this is not a comfortable environment for me to be in. So I, I basically, you know, went across these women, looked at the floor, just repeated what I saw. And as I looked up, they were crying. And they said they were sisters. And, and one of the sisters said, um, our grandmother died with a stroke. And before she died, she lost the ability to use one side of her face specifically. And the description of the half that I'd seen made sense. Her husband, their grandfather, had had a tattoo of a ship's anchor on his left arm. And it confirmed exactly what I'd seen. And it was the anniversary of, of their deaths. And that's why they'd gone to the church that night. So that feeling of sadness made perfect sense. And that was really what made me then um, hooked, I guess, uh, so I would go every week and just sit in the circle and sometimes I would see things. Sometimes I would get thoughts in my mind. Sometimes I would see auras and, and I just learned to, to deliver what I experienced. And, and it sometimes was really relevant to people. That's a beautiful story. It was a bit of a wow one. I mean, I, I, I didn't go searching for this. Remember, no. this is not something that I, you know, actively went into. Many people go into mediumship development and that's their desire. That's their goal. I always say that it found me. You know, I, I really don't think that had I received that experience that night, I would have gone back. I'm sure I wouldn't. Um, so I think they, they knew that. The spirit world in their wisdom knew they had to get me there and then. Otherwise, it's game over. <laughs> right. Did you yeah. go on just to practice mediumship? Did you, I mean, obviously you were in school and did another career come in and uh, you're a full-time medium now. Yeah, I mean, this is 25 years ago, Sandra, so it's, yeah. it's a long, long time. And at the time, I was training to be an electrician. I was at college. I was there once a week at college, and I had an apprenticeship where I was trained to be an electrician and electric electronic engineer. So that was the plan. You know, th this whole dead people thing was never part of that plan <laughs> no. at all. Um, you know, as I say, it kind of shook me up and woke me up, really, on, on many levels. Um, so I only really practiced it within the circle weekly. Um and as the woman had predicted, within a year, I was invited to take a public demonstration in a church outside of the, the area. Um, and that was it. That really was how it began. A public demonstration after a year. Yeah. Crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Because I was miserable. Remember, I was a miserable child. I didn't, I didn't talk to people <laughs> at all. So to put somebody, you know, who was that socially awkward, that uncomfortable with an audience, that uncomfortable with themselves to put them on a public platform talking to people about their loved ones. Looking back now, I, I guess I was kind of ill-equipped in many respects because I hadn't been bereaved at that point. I hadn't lost a loved one at that mm -hmm. point. Um, you know, and, and in hindsight, I guess I would have chosen to, to have experienced life a little bit more, but the universe had other ideas. Yeah. 
That's great. And then did you start working with people one-on-one? Yeah, very soon, very soon after the public stuff, people would approach me and ask me if I did one-to-one appointments. And, you know, I, again, I hadn't really got any idea because this wasn't my world. You know, what one-to-one. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. And I was living at mum and dad's, you know, I was living at home and they were not comfortable with me getting involved with the spiritualist church. They, partly because they didn't understand really what, what that entailed. And, you know, was it some kind of a cult? Were they trying to brainwash me? Were they trying to fill my mind with nonsense? And, and so, you know, doing a private sitting in my home wasn't really possible for a while. Um, but I would go to people's homes and, and the sittings would last sometimes two and a half hours, which is crazy to think that it would, would be that long back then. Um, but they're a great strengthener to my mediumship. I realized now that looking back, they had to be so intense because I think it helped me to build the foundations of my mediumship. There are things in private sittings that I would have you know, types of information I would have gone for that I would never have been brave enough to do so in public. So I think that was a big part of my education without realizing it at the time. Hmm. And you have a reputation of of being able to get names and dates and addresses and more specific stuff than many mediums. Yeah, but I think, you know, I think we limit ourselves and we limit the spirit world. And I think as mediums, we should offer ourselves totally to the spirit world Hmm. and surrender our limits our fears our anxieties and and i really do believe that the spirit people the loved ones are desperately trying to bring their evidence they want to be as specific as they can be and and i think as a medium it's our job to get ourselves out of the way enough to allow their voice to really be heard i think me as mediums we can get involved in the reunion and it isn't our reunion no so and, and i think that the more i remove myself from that process consciously and and don't interfere and don't think too much and don't analyze I find that the specific information tends to come naturally without really having to to try so hard. So are you like a telephone? You just repeat what you get or you share yeah. what's coming through? Absolutely. I deliver to people my experience. And, and, and the interesting thing is that I think what for me, which was a major part in my, my growth, was that, you know, back as a 17-year-old boy, I my identity was very much wrapped up in my mediumship. So if people said yes to the information I give it, I was inflated. Mm -hmm. If people said no, conversely, I was crushed because I personally was involved. And what I've since realized is that the more I remove myself from the process on every level, as much as I can, as much as we can, the more mediumship functions. And, and, And I think when the inner and the outer conditions are right, mediumship is effortless. So I think the inner conditions are us, you know, how we think, what we think. Are we limiting the spirit world? Are we fearful? Are we, you know, unwilling to take the risks? Are we, you know, confused, stressed, anxious, unclear about what our connection really is about? You know, the inner conditions are really about us and what we put into the mix. But obviously, in our sensitive state, we are affected by the external conditions of people's willingness to believe, willingness to give. Um, whether people are sat there with their arms crossed, you know, being quite disruptive or obstructive, those things in our sensitive states affect us. And and so the power that we talk about, I think, is the key to our mediumship being better. Once we can get into that power, that's the only reality that matters. And that's really where the magic happens. Now, the power that you're speaking of, is this something, even if someone's not a medium, that we can develop the power we can learn to absolutely we are the power yeah the power is us talk about a little bit about that who we are and what the power is and and um yeah 
if you would. Yeah, sure. Um, there was a, a very wonderful medium called Glyn Edwards, who many, many years taught at the Arthur Findlay College in London, um, in Stansted in Essex. Um, and he, in the trans states, he, through his spiritual you know, guides, said that mediumship is not helped. The spirit world are not helped by meditation. So when we sit to meditate, that doesn't help the spirit world. But what they did is they talked about this process of they called it building the power and the power they spoke of. And every medium has a different interpretation of the power and the process to access that power. But the power really is you. The power is the part of you that is spirit, the part of you that is divine. And by accessing that power, by accessing who we really are, by removing our conscious mind and, and attuning ourselves to the spirit within, that then becomes the vehicle of delivery for our link to the external spirit world. So the power really enhances our telepathic communication. So really, it doesn't just benefit you as a medium or as a healer. For those of you know your listeners that want to develop angel communication, animal communication, or just learn to be more intuitive and sensitive by building that power, by taking time to, you know, um, affect your own auric field in, in a way, your telepathic communications, your non-physical communications will be enhanced. Can you teach us how we would do this? Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, okay. and, and, you know, every, and everybody, <laughs> no, do you know, that's the thing. It isn't a, it isn't a mystical secret that's denied to everybody. I really think it's important that we do talk yeah. about the power. We do access that and we can, you know, just by spending 15 minutes a day, um, help us to expand our sensitivity. So it's really about the breath. That's the main thing. And, and the, the, you know, the Eastern um, philosophies get this beautifully. So within the mediumship world, the, etheric field the part of the aura that is the point of connection is really what we're looking to build and in a very earthy sense you know i, I used to train to be an opera singer years ago just for fun not for any you know mm. any any other reason um and it was physically tiring and i had to alter my diet and i had to alter my exercise and i had to make sure that i was physically fit and and i had to work at looking after the body to prepare it and prepare my voice for the singing i was about to do and a footballer wouldn't just get on a football pitch without eating well, exercising, being warmed up. And right. so building the power is the medium's warm up. It's the prepare preparation of their mind, of their body and of their auric field for the connection they're about to make with the spirit world. And the breath is the key to accessing that state. Now, the etheric field is linked to our breath. And I, and I think it was a, a, another Irish medium, Eileen Garrett, who said that for every mediumistic faculty, there is a different breathing pattern. And so that makes complete sense to me that when we're anxious, we breathe very differently to when we're feeling rested and peaceful. Yes. A physical medium's breath will be a very different breathing pattern to a medium who is demonstrating evidential mediumship on a platform. So the breath is the thing to harness. And so what we talk about on the, the, the CD that you mentioned is about how we can harness the breath to enhance our sensitivity. Hmm. Not sure what to ask. Uh, if, okay. if we don't get your CD and we just want to sit, is there a visualization that um, maybe you could give us just to get a little taste of it? Sure, absolutely. So just the natural breath rhythm is a process of breathing out and breathing in, of course. And, and our body's been doing that for years without us needing to, to think about that. 
But stillness is the key. And, and so the stillness can always be found in the point between breathing out and breathing in. So when you just watch your breath, just observe the way your body naturally breathes and you breathe out, there is a pause, just a very small pause between that point and when you breathe in again. Yes. And I would ask people to look at where does that pause live in their body? You know, some people experience that in their chest or in their abdomen, but focus on that part of the body that the pause lives and just keep bringing your awareness back to that pause in your breath. And so as you do that, visualize a light and expand that light from that place using your breath to expand that light and shine that light and grow that light. Um, and just that 15 minutes a day, and I'm paraphrasing this massively, but just that process, 15 minutes a day, you will notice a massive change in your, your mediumistic awareness. Hmm. Do we visualize the light the whole time or do we visualize it with an intention and then just quiet the mind? Yeah. Yeah, I think intention is always, you know, the greatest of things. I think, you know, we have to be very clear what we're willing to experience and what we're putting our attention on. So wherever we put our thought, our attention goes to, our, our energy then follows that thought. So um, light always will affect positively the etheric field. And so bringing light into the body, bringing light through meditation or through, you know, visualization will always enhance the etheric field. Um, so, yeah, so, so light would be a great a great way to really charge up uh, and the second part of the cd which is about building the power the first part's about the preparation of the self the building of the power will be enhanced by bringing light into the the auric field well i'm gonna get the cd because yeah. <laughs> well it's a download because i'm i'm in the states and Okay, you sure. Don't have, you don't have to put it in the mail for me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and anyone who's listening right now, if you go to we don't die radio.com, uh, this is episode 187, if you can believe that. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, and, it's and, wonderful. And, um, just click on Darren Britton's episode. And if you visit this show on YouTube, there's a description and I'll have a, I have a live link to his website and to uh, the CD. If this is something you're interested in and Darren I know that there's people that you know it's one thing to go to a medium uh, or have a, a reading with the medium and uh, you know I'm not sold that everybody I mean it's great to do that nothing wrong with mm -hmm. it but I do, mm -hmm. but I I think there's a a myth out there that you have to go to a medium to connect with your loved one yes absolutely and, and I, I completely agree with you Sandra because I think that many people are too focused and i understand this looking out there you know right. outside of themselves for the answers and i would much rather help to I, don't, I suppose help people to access their own connection personally rather than seek out another medium to find that connection so i, I would rather than doing private sittings i would always encourage people as much as we can to sit to sit with themselves to invite their loved ones present to get to feel their presence because I think that experience is our greatest teacher. And, you know, as much as we can, you know, we can believe that once we've experienced it ourselves. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I would always encourage that. Yeah. And, and, and nothing wrong with visiting a medium, but we do have no. power. And what, just an example that happened to me, someone asked me not too long ago, they just assumed that I'm always in touch with my dad, who's in the spirit mm. world. And I said, geez, I, I don't know if I am or not. You know, I don't make a conscious choice mm. to be, but what I What's been happening, so I would say the answer is yes, is when I do my 
sitting in the power. Yeah. Sometimes his face just pops up. And yeah. then other times I have these flashes of images of things like dad and I used to do together. Mm-hmm. And that they're just shared memories, but they don't they don't seem to come out from anywhere. You know, so I thought, no. you know, I'm going to just trust that that's dad putting those images in my mind, you know, re- recalling the good times. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And remember, when we go into that stillness, obviously, our own mind, you know, our own memories get stirred, you know, that, that power that we sit in, you know, is helping us to, to heal, to grow, to develop. And sometimes those images, those thoughts, those memories are part of our healing, you know, so that as the medium, we can can work from a place where we're not still affected by certain pains. So the power also has got a very um, healing aspect to it that sometimes brings up our stuff um, and it brings it up as an opportunity to look at it and heal it so that that benefits then the spirit world as well as us yeah there's i think there's a lot of power involved with um being able to just quiet ourselves and and tune yeah. in wow yeah yeah so yeah. it's something we can all do it doesn't cost us anything we can nope. sit yeah, absolutely. And just give yourself and give the spirit world time. You know, let you know we don't we don't live in a world where we we, we give time. You know, we we oh, we, we want everything now. We, we want everything instantly. Yes. And you know, th- there is this belief that mediumship can be you know as instant as that. And the spirit world have to learn how with any relationship we have to learn about each other, learn about that connection, learn about what matters, learn about you know the parts of ourselves that affect and influence the link. Um, and that cannot be an overnight process. So just sitting for 15 minutes a day, I, I just have this visual that of like you and I have never met before mm. and, and we can't expect to have some great relationship like we've known each other for 40 years based on a first conversation. So no. when we start sitting, you know, imagining the spirit world now is getting used to, oh, hey, I've got Sandra <laughs> quiet for 15 minutes. Oh, I, she, she's saying she's got the intention to, to blend. Okay. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, it wouldn't make any sense that for the first 15 minutes, all of a sudden there's some miraculous <laughs> vision no, I have. No, not at all. No, but, because we often remember we have our defenses up. You know, we sometimes come into this work mm-hmm. with so many fears and anxieties and things that people have told us that are going to happen. And, you know, we talk to ask for protection because the spirit world might harm us. And, you know, we approach this sometimes with so much nonsense and, and fear and the spirit will have to get beyond that. You know, they have to get beyond the barriers and the the nonsense and the stuff that we have in our mind. So it can't be, uh, you know, a pure connection to the spirit world. Um, it cannot be, and it never really is, because we are still present on some level. And that's why mediumship, true mediumship, I think, takes a long time to develop, and it's an ongoing, lifelong process, because it will always reflect you. Yeah. And we all will die with some stuff. We're all never going to be healed fully of everything, but it will always reflect us. Yeah. Uh, isn't that the purpose of life, though, to deal with stuff? Isn't that saying yeah. it in the basic ways? <laughs> well, you know, I think you're right. And I, and I don't think the issue is the issue. I think how we handle the issues are really the issue, you know, because we're never going to be immune from the, you know, life. We're not. But But if we can understand what it teaches us about our spiritual nature, about who we are and who we don't want to be, then I think it's purposeful. Everything is purposeful. Yeah, it is about the journey. Yeah, always, always. 
I'm, I'm loving it though. I'm loving my journey. I'm loving getting to meet people, and we have a new Facebook group. Um, Kaz is part of it. If, if anybody is on Facebook, which I think most people are, and you type mm-hmm. in "We Don't Die Listeners," you can be part of a community. Uh, yeah. Because you know, Darren, in your life now that you're doing this, you have a lot of friends that are um, not just mediums, but people that are interested in this. So it's a nice way to live to have people that you're able to share this with. But I think for a lot of people, even myself walking into it, I don't have too many people that I can just talk to. So that's why I created that Facebook community and, and to encourage people to sit, to explore, to learn. Um, yeah. Any, go ahead. I know. And, 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 and what's wonderful about that is that not everybody has the privilege of being able to go to a spiritualist church or a right. centre right. or a place. So something like a group online is a wonderful hub often for people that don't have access to anything else. You know, so we really have to make these spaces available. And that's wonderful that you that you offer that to people. Yeah, it's brand new and just two weeks old and there's 400 people. which just shows exactly the need that people have exactly exactly i would like to talk a little bit about you just said about protection i i have um spoken to all kinds of people and i welcome people to tell their truths and everything but some people say you got to have protection if you're going to meditate and work with the spirit world you know Mm -hmm. and you have to envision this bubble of of light and energy and uh, castaway demons and stuff like that. What what do you have to say about that? Oh, and who is I the think, spirit world? Well, I, I think that what's interesting, we have to make a choice about how we wish to see the spirit world. That's mm-hmm. the very first thing. I think this this fear that people still have and still hold on to, that there is something out there that's bad that's going to get us, is really, I think, based in some religious, you know, has some religious foundations in it that we're taught that, you know, God is good, the devil's out there and, and he's going to tempt you. And I think that that somehow still is in people's psyche. And, and that's why I think this need for protection is there because yes. really my experience of the spirit world, and, and I can only speak from that, is that it's loving, that it's kind and benevolent and supportive and, and helpful. And so my intention when I attune to them is is that's my experience of them. Um, you know, I, I've never in the 25 years ever experienced anything that's given me cause to be fearful of the spirit world. But I do think that there are other explanations for what might be perceived negative experiences that are nothing to do with the spirit world, that are everything to do with our unconscious mind and and what's in there being released when we sit in that power. Because remember, it wants to heal, it wants to help us. And often the stuff that comes up in those times that might appear to us that we're being attacked or that we are fearful, I think that if we really were to, to look at that without the label of I'm being attacked by a demon and look at what that might represent within our experience of life, our childhood, our fears. I think we'd find the answers. I really, I do think that, you know, that, that remember our mediumship is a reflection of us, the good and the bad, the, the, the difficult and the easy. So sometimes those experiences get mislabeled and given a spiritual tag when really they're psychological. Yeah. Speaking of psychological, when I first uh, not too long ago, started just really sitting regularly. Uh, I started having some terrible nightmares. Mm. And the mm. only thing I was thinking of is like, this, this must have something to do with my meditations. And I thought, could it? So, you know me, I start getting on Google and asking. <laughs> and and Google is your guide. Yeah, Google is my guide. Yeah. <laughs> but it was interesting because what was said, and I – it sounds similar to what you're saying is um, 
there's stuff. There's stuff in my subconscious yeah. mind. You know, we all yeah. have stuff in our past. But the thing is, is I almost think like things came to the surface and they yeah. were dealt with through my dreams. I no longer have nightmares. Yes. But it was almost as if, you know, things just needed to come to the surface to let go. Absolutely. And and that's what the power of the spirit world does. It wants us to be healed. It wants us to be the best vessel that we can. And if there are things that are in our mind, in our heart, in our in our experience that are still affecting that, it doesn't stop the spirit world working with us, but it does present the spirit world with a filter that they have to then work through and work beyond. And that can cause our experience to be difficult or fearful or painful or distorted. So we, I, th- I really think we need to look within. That's really, I think, the key to this development is instead of trying to find what the name of our guide is, know you, know who you are, know what makes you tick. Oh, that's great advice. Even just this afternoon, I was sitting back in my porch and the sun's shining in, wind is blowing, and I closed my eyes and I couldn't believe how fast the thoughts just went out of my head. Because a year ago, I mean, I was busy. I couldn't stop thinking. (laughs) It's all over the place. (laughs) And and to be able to just access for even just a few seconds, just this peace. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. It is. And we're living in a world that that it's becoming increasingly difficult to access it. Mm. Darren, do you find that there's people, I mean, obviously you teach mediumship, but is there a lot of people that are starting to look at their own spirituality and and want to start tapping into, you know, how can I do this or can I do this or. um, There's definitely, yeah, there definitely has been. And I think that's great. I think that, you know, that that not everybody that that sits in a workshop will be a medium. Not everybody will be a healer. But I think that one of the wonderful things about workshops is it gives people the opportunity to see themselves as a spiritual being. They come to recognize that they are more than just the, the reflection in the mirror, I guess. And from that perspective, from that point, life changes. You know, when you experience yourself as more than just the physical, then your your consciousness changes. Your life then can't be any, any you can't go back, you know. So um, regardless of the outcome, regardless of whether people become a medium or not, just ac- acknowledging their own spiritual identity, I think, and waking them up to the truth of who they really are, I think is a, a bigger part of our work as mediums and healers. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's definitely help for the bereaved uh, being a medium, for sure. But then also about really getting our own spiritual journey. Because once you start stepping in and you realize you're a soul having a human experience, (laughs) Hmm. uh, it's like you can no longer wear the hat of being a victim. um, And I don't know, I've I've heard, I heard from a doctor that said, uh, he was a heart surgeon and most people before they get put under you know for the heart, heart operation they just have an incredible fear and mm-hmm. fear of the hereafter they have a fear of um like the unresolved communications what they did do what they didn't do mm-hmm. uh is there a god all that kind of thing and and do you believe by starting our spiritual journey now to figure that out that um it would provide a different kind of life and then maybe even a different kind of when we close our eyes the last time. Yeah, I do. And I think it's in the Sufi tradition, they talk about that we die before we die. And and I think that we, we're constantly evolving. We're constantly trying to grow, to develop. And, and, and even those people who are not, I guess, awakened or in this particular um, 
the kind of that share our our thought processes or experience on this you know we can't deny that we're never the same at the end of our life as we were at the beginning that there's a process and a progress through everything um and i'm i'm guessing that with people's experiences the suffering that we go through throws us massively into our emotional world it, it you know it really puts the spotlight on that part of our life where we question everything we question our own lives we question other people in our lives yeah and yeah. and i think that's that's a moment that i think we're given the glimpse of who we really are i remember years ago i used to hear many mediums say you know you're here to learn lessons and that you know if you don't get the lesson right then you will you know have to repeat it again yeah. and it never quite sat right with me sandra because that suggests to me that the powers that be are watching me and they're saying you've done that wrong they're making a judgment and and that doesn't fit well with my understanding or experience of the spirit world and certainly not my experience of god either that there's a punitive force out there that's willing to make a judgment on me so what i've realized is that i don't believe we're here to learn a lesson or any lessons i think we're here to remember who we really are we're here to remember that spiritual identity and mediumship is one way that they can help us to identify that spiritual nature but of course there are thousands of other ways that the universe can can bring that awareness to us and i think sadly but also beautifully at the same time suffering can do that every medium that's that's ever really been developed that most of the great mediums have had some background initially in healing that they wanted to be a healer that was their love and i think that that is a a process where the spirit world can help to spiritualize us in effect to develop that compassion to develop that loving energy that loving kindness for for its fellow man and and that i think is the foundation often for all of our spiritual gifts and our identity to reveal itself hmm. i just got this picture in my mind you may have heard of this some of the great fire forest fires that happen and how hmm. destructive they are but they say that there's certain um uh, pine cones that they need to be subjected to this severe heat yeah. in order for their out of outer shell to crack yeah. so they're able yeah. to grow and i just got this visual of suffering <laughs> how yeah. our heart gets you know cracked wide open but yes. for me and for so many people i've talked to that be like like the pine cone it began my spiritual journey yeah and that's interesting, isn't it? That when we look at, you know, I'm sure you've heard this when you've asked many mediums, healers, sensitives, you know, that their awareness usually begins with some physical, you know, traumatic, emotional experience. That they, they there's, there's something that almost happens, and and, and it seems to kick off this awareness, um, you know. And, and for some mediums, I know they've had horrific childhood abuse that their experience of the spirit world started to manifest, you know after that or in some cases during that that um but also this emotional this huge focus on the emotional reality um and i do think that that's probably why a lot of teenagers younger people start to experience the spirit world because there is this massive change in their emotional world um that somehow taps them into the, the unseen wow you know, somebody listening right now could very well be suffering from the loss of a loved one and their yeah. heart is ripped wide open and looking for answers. And while, yes, we want to provide uh, conversation and evidence of the afterlife, you know, what I'm really getting is that 
anyone listening, including you and me, where we are on our journeys, we're on this journey because of our past. It's the, it's the, you know, I keep thinking of that pine cone. It's the, it's the perfect, <laughs> it's, that's the reason you're here because you don't know. It may be the very beginning of your spiritual journey. And, yeah. and instead of making it wrong, um, and trying to overdose on sugar or alcohol or mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. whatever those things may be, uh, to embrace it and to be present and to sit in the power and to let some of these things bubble up to the surface and develop that relationship with the spirit world. I mean, it's just, it's just, I think we're in the, the perfect place. Absolutely. And I think we always are. You know, I, I went from being a, a miserable kid, as I said, antisocial, awkward, strange, you know, didn't want to talk to people. And yet just having that interaction with the spirit world, I changed. I think that the power of the spirit world is it's a transforming energy, it, you know, and I think if we're willing to go with that, to trust that, then we become transformed, literally. Yeah, sure does. Darren, what gives you the most passion these days in working with the spirit world? Is it teaching? Is it doing, I know you do readings in person. Not Sure. Yeah, not over the phone, yeah. but in person. No, no. I guess I've always felt that my public work, you know, so whether that would be demonstrating or teaching, feels like that has the potential to reach more people. Mm-hmm. Um, as we said before, I think with private sittings, you know, I'm very much aware of it, certainly at the minute, of the expectation that people have for you to solve their problems. Because, you know, years ago when I saw people for, for sittings, maybe nine out of ten of the people I saw came because they wanted evidence of a loved one. Yes. And really that's changed. I think because the, the culture, the world we're living is very different, you know, maybe half and half now. So half the people want evidence of a loved one. But really people want to help understand themselves. They want to understand their life, what they're going through, when will it change. And so, you know, people come now with very different agendas, I guess. Um, so for sittings, I'm never comfortable being involved in answering people's questions in that respect so in a public arena when i can just allow the spirit world to to deliver what they want to deliver to whom they want to deliver it to and i can remove myself more from the process i always feel much more um comfortable being able to do that so that so i'd always have a preference to the public demonstrations um and the teaching obviously is you know phenomenally beneficial to people what do you teach what give us a bird's eye view of what what you do when you're what you're teaching well you know it's always very different i mean there's there's obviously a series of techniques to offer yeah. people to help them access you know certain you know um types of evidence or or to place their awareness in a certain way that makes them more sensitive by using the power that we've talked about but i think that just giving people a space to feel that it's okay to try these things that it's okay to get it wrong it's okay to attempt it experience it and 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 make their decision based on what they've experienced um, I think that's very powerful. And one of the, the things I always offer people at, at every workshop is that I don't do the teaching. I can't teach them anything. But what I do is I offer them information. I offer them experience. But their own spirit will speak to them throughout the day. And I say to them, disbelieve everything I'm telling you. Ignore what I'm telling you. But listen to what your instinct tells you about what I'm offering you. Because if it says yes, then it's right. If it says no, it's not reject it get rid and it really doesn't matter whether it's you know a world famous medium or the medium in the the spiritualist church or somebody that you've seen on tv or somebody who's written a book your intuition when it speaks to you is literally teaching you you are intuition from that place of spirit and so that's what i always offer people listen to that 
much more than you listen to the medium that's offering the teaching. Hmm. By sitting in the power, would that help us with our own connection to ourselves to um, without doubt be able to yeah. listen to our intuition better? Without doubt, absolutely. You know, when I before I started to do this fully, the spirit world said to me that them trying to get a hold of my mind was like a one-armed man trying to catch a mouse. <laughs> they said, <laughs> which was really clear for me in a very descriptive way of putting it, because it really was. My mind was literally all over the place jumping all over the place it was just difficult to get hold of my thoughts to stay connected to my breath and yet what i found by the technique they gave me is that by sitting very regularly there seemed to be more of a stillness my mind wasn't running around in, in such a crazy way um so it really did help me you know and, and that was really the reason i wanted to put that onto the cds because i felt that it could help people um but it really is a cooperation it's a cooperation between themselves and the spirit world. And any step that we take, I think the spirit world rejoice in, and, and they're right by our side. Wow. Do you have a an aspect of mediumship that, uh, I don't want to say might be new to you, but something like, I've just recently found out about physical mediumship within this past oh. year, and I'm so lit up about going back yeah. to Banyan Retreat Center in November. They've got their voices from the past. I get to see Kaz again and many other folks. Um, but like that's my latest. Oh, I want to find out more. Do you have? Do you keep studying and keep learning for yourself? I do absolutely, and I'm, I'm sitting regularly at the minute to to develop and further transmediumship because I think that's a fascinating aspect of mediumship that often you know the greatest mediums in the world you know when we look back at the the voices of the past if you like that the greatest mediums had a phenomenal interaction with the spirit world and and allowed the spirit world to speak great truths in the trance states and and that's where my passion is at the moment is looking to explore that part of my mediumship and and, and excited at where it will go Mm. So are you sitting with a group of people to I sit yeah I sit with a couple of friends once a week yeah. uh, and we just sit and we just let the spirit will do what they need to do yeah but I've noticed a difference in my my kind of I say normal mediumship in in the evidential mediumship because I'm sitting in that power and surrendering to the spirit world and so that benefits on every level really um it, it's really been a, a a wonderful aspect to the development at the minute yeah, I think the underlying theme here is when we sit and it attuned to the power, sit in the power. I mean, it, it just enhances everything in our life. Yeah. Or it has yeah. the ability to. And you're really building a relationship with yourself and with the spirit oh, world. Yeah. And we don't sit. We don't sit enough. Just, you know, we live in crazy worlds. You know, we are crazy, you know, probably more times than not in throughout our day. And and also there are physiological benefits to sitting in that stillness. You know, our blood pressure slows, our pulse slows, you know, our body temperature changes, you know. So there are physiological benefits to just sitting in that stillness. Um, and, and obviously, as our medical profession tell us, that, that those things are beneficial to us long term as well. Yeah, even coping with stress when people that have meditated or have a regular practice, if a stressful situation comes, you know, you're able to just be, think clear and make yeah. decisions as opposed to having all the cortisol or whatever runs through the body, you know, with the absolutely. fight or flight thing. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. And we do, we, we hold on to that. I read somewhere that we are only ever angry for 90 seconds. So when we have a stimulus that affects us, you know, we have cortisol and adrenaline that's released in our body. And for 90 seconds, it's raging and it holds us in that angry state. But really after 90 seconds, 
that starts to dissipate. The chemicals start to get reabsorbed. And so, you know, we're chemically angry, you know, for 90 seconds. And yet we keep telling the story of how angry I felt, how angry I am. That person did this to me. And we hold that power, I guess. We hold that energy close to us. And really, that's what psychics do when they attune to a person. They're reading the, the memory of somebody's experience. And, and I've read that apparently if we hold on to that for 10 minutes or more, it sits within our auric field forever. And that was quite a, a scary thought that everything we hold on to sits there and affects us. Wow. I don't know if I like the forever business. I'm wondering if we, <laughs> with intention we can get rid of that. <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully. If we do the work, all things change. All yeah. things change. <laughs> oh, Darren, this is great. What is there something I should be asking you that I haven't? Uh, just because you're a new person to me, I think I'm like I'm loving hearing you and listening to you. But I thought, what else should I ask you? Hmm, something you want to share? Hmm. That's a tough one, isn't it? Yeah, you well, he, let, let me just tell you, you have the entire world now listening to you. No pressure, oh. no pressure. But maybe, maybe <laughs> you could ask your friends in the spirit world that you know maybe there's something a message that's um, you know for all of us humans or just something that can leave us a little happier uh, or a little bit more inspired, say, than before um, we started talking. You know, just is there any just a general bit of wisdom, inspiration? I guess what I would offer people is to always be themselves. You know, certainly within the mediumistic world, there are so many mediums who seem to aspire to be like another medium, whether that's a current medium or that's a medium from the past. And and there's so much focus on um, becoming like somebody. And and I think that the spirit world work with us in our unique individual state. And I guess what I would say to people is just be you you're okay there's nothing wrong with you and your mediumship will reflect that unique you but what we do is we try to be like somebody else or emulate somebody else and what happens is that we often you know limit ourselves in the spirit world by trying to match something else so really what i would offer people is that is to get your consciousness you know out of the way don't let it interfere with the link with the spirit world but understanding the spirit world are there to help you. They want you to be the best that you can be. And there is nothing you could ever say or be or do that would disappoint the spirit world. That they love us unconditionally. Really? Even if I was a bad person in the past and told too many lies, they still love me? Yeah, well, define bad. You know, everything I think is appropriate given who you are in that moment. Yes, yes. Amen to that. Yeah, absolutely. We do the best we can at the time. You know, and we have to grow and learn and... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's the thing, we, you know, I think that, that we sometimes forget, and myself included, we we are in this physical form and we are here to experience this green and pleasant land and, and all that it has to offer. Mm. Um, but I think we must try and remember that all things that happen to us are to take us to a greater version of who we are. Um, and, and that's always going to be the challenge because we forget. Yes. In our craziness, we forget. Taking us to a greater version of who we are. I make notes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you can use that one. That's fine. <laughs> oh, no, I would give you the credit. <laughs> no, it's really great. And Darren, it's been really wonderful talking to you. Thank you. Likewise. How, how Thank can you for people... Me... Oh, inter... I interrupt all the time. So sorry. That's okay. That's yeah, fine. it's just what I do. Um, <laughs> uh, there's my... Anyways, how can people get in touch with you? Right. Um, 
you can contact me via my website, which is darrenbritton.co.uk or darrenbritton.com. It will redirect you to, to my site. So there'll be a contact page. You can reach me through there. Um, I am available on Facebook. You can add me and that's just Darren Britton. You'll find me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, and obviously my contact details are on the website. That's probably the, the, the better way of doing that. One stop shopping. Yes. yes. Well, it's been really wonderful to talk to you today. Thank you, and thank you for for inviting me to to share the space with you. It's great. Yeah, there's nothing more fun for me than now to meet so many like-minded people, but everybody has their own little variation on, you know, the common core of, you know, we don't die and find out what people are doing and uh, how they're expressing their passions, and and I love it. I just, I'm I'm happy. And then I get to share it with people because there's people listening, which is great. So Wonderful. Yeah. So for our listener, I want to thank you for taking this time to listen. And as always, you can go to wedontdieradio.com and click on this or any past episode. And, you know, we are on your side. You are... I was going to say one in a million, but one in seven billion currently on planet Earth right now. Like Darren said, you are okay just as you are. Be yourself. You know, the spirit world is right next to you in that invisible place, and they're willing and ready. And, you know, when the time comes, and I hope it's, you know, right after you listen to this right now, that you can turn off things in your life and quiet your mind and just sit for a little while. Uh, And start building that relationship. And if you are somebody who is experiencing deep grief, perhaps, you know, you're being cracked wide open and this is the start of an unbelievable and rewarding spiritual journey, you know, um, taking you to a greater version of who you are. Love it, love it, love it. Well, in closing, my name is Sandra Champlain, and I've been delighted to be your host on We Don't Die Radio, and I do believe that life is an education for the soul, and that your life here on Earth is important. So I want to thank you for listening, and we'll see you soon. 